1: Today's episode features a court case that fixed our nation's attention on police brutality in the summer of 92. If you want to hear more episodes like this one, check out Season 2 of ParCast Presents Infamous, where we descend into the darkest true crime stories. Find episodes on Jeffrey Epstein, Dr. Death, Besa Mafia, and more, all throughout August. Search ParCast Presents on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today is Wednesday, August 5th, 2020. On this day in 1992, four Los Angeles police officers were indicted on civil charges for violating Rodney King's rights in an act of police brutality. The civil case was brought after the officers had been acquitted on criminal charges, a decision which sparked the 1992 LA riots. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. I'm Vanessa Richardson, and today I'm joined by our guest host, Alistair Murden. Thanks for joining me, Alistair.
2: Anytime. I'm happy to be here. Today we're going to discuss the civil charges filed against the officers responsible for the brutal assault of Rodney King.
1: Alistair's here to discuss some of the historical aspects of today's story while I'll cover the narrative. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13.
2: Now, let's go back to the morning of August 5th, 1992, as the grand jury filed into a Los Angeles courtroom.
1: The mood was tense as the jurors found their seats. Each of them knew what was at stake. Only three months earlier, their city had been burning, torn apart by righteous anger. Even now, the wounds were still raw. Video footage of four white police officers assaulting Rodney King, a black man, was still circulating around the city and the world. It was impossible not to have an emotional reaction to those appalling images. And yet, as the judge reminded the jury, their duty was to evaluate the evidence with an open mind. Their job was to rid themselves of preconceived notions. That was the only way to ensure justice would be served. The effort was sometimes painful as the jurors forced themselves to watch the infamous tape of the assault once again. In the video, Rodney King was clubbed more than 50 times by three officers wielding batons. The policemen, Lawrence Powell, Theodore Brasino, and Timothy Wind, all claimed that King had resisted arrest, though witnesses at the scene disagreed. Authorities also stated that they believed King was high on the drug PCP at the time. Though King admitted to driving under the influence of alcohol, he adamantly denied being on drugs. The subsequent toxicology report proved his claims. It was negative for PCP. The prosecution argued that the three policemen who beat King had violated his Fourth Amendment civil right, which protects Americans from unreasonable arrest. They also charged the supervising officer, Sergeant Stacy Kuhn, with depriving King of his 14th Amendment right to due process, as Kuhn failed to stop the assault while it was happening. For the grand jurors, these arguments were important, but their role was different from that of a typical jury. They weren't responsible for determining the guilt or innocence of the accused officers. They only needed to review the evidence at hand to determine whether the charges merited further investigation. If they decided the charges were unfounded, then there would be no trial. In this case, the legal situation was more complicated than usual, Because the officers had been acquitted during a criminal trial months earlier, the defense claimed that the civil charges verged on double jeopardy. This would mean that the defendants were being prosecuted twice for the same offense, which is illegal in the United States. The jurors disagreed. After spending hours reviewing the evidence and hearing the arguments on both sides, the grand jury determined that the civil charges were valid. The case would be brought to trial. Many Americans had felt the officer's acquittal on criminal charges was a monumental failure of the justice system. This decision provided new hope. As Democratic Representative Maxine Waters put it, I am absolutely delighted. It's almost as if my faith has been restored a little bit that these guys won't just go free. Of course, the outcome of the trial was far from settled and the debate around Rodney King's case would continue for decades. Coming up, the results of the civil case.
0: This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some
1: a grand jury approved a civil indictment of four white officers responsible for the assault of Rodney King. The officers had been acquitted on criminal charges for the incident three months earlier, sparking public outrage and leading to the 1992 LA riots. My guest host Alastair is here to discuss the lead-up to the grand jury indictment as well as the outcome of the trial.
2: Thanks, Vanessa. On the morning of March 3, 1991, officers with the California Highway Patrol began pursuing Rodney King after he sped past them on the freeway. King saw the lights and sirens, but he had been drinking the night before and feared getting a DUI. He tried to outrun the patrol car, leading to a high-speed chase. After several miles, King pulled over. He was ordered out of the car and officers began attempting to restrain him. The policemen involved stated that King attempted to resist them and that they tased him in response. King, as well as other witnesses at the scene, disputed the claims, saying that he had not appeared to be resisting the police. After he was tasered, officers began striking King with batons, knocking him to the ground. He was struck more than 50 times. His ankle was broken. A bone in his face was fractured, and he was covered in cuts and bruises. A man in a nearby apartment, George Holliday, captured the entire incident on video. Two days afterward, he contacted the LAPD, but they were uninterested in viewing the tape. Holliday then went to the local news, who ran a clip of the video on the air. The story soon became national news. Organizations throughout the United States rallied around King, calling the event an example of police brutality and institutional racism. When the officers were acquitted of criminal charges on April 29th of 1992, many Americans were outraged, particularly in the black community of southern Los Angeles. Riots plagued the city for days as citizens pleaded for justice and punishment for the officers. The unrest only died down when the National Guard was called in. In total, 63 people were killed during the riots and thousands were injured. Then came the civil charges against the officers. The case went to trial in 1993. In April, two of the accused, Sergeant Stacy Kuhn and Lawrence Powell, were convicted and sentenced to 30 months in jail. The other two officers were once again acquitted.
1: The verdict brought some comfort to King and his supporters, but many felt that justice had been far from complete. On top of that, King's story was and is one of many. The dangers of police brutality and systemic racism continue to plague America today. We can only hope that justice and peace will come sooner rather than later. The dangerous prejudice against Black people and other communities of color is far from defeated and requires major structural change. To learn more about Rodney King and find out what you can do to fight police brutality, visit ACLU.org. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Thanks again, Alistair, for joining me today.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Joshua Kern. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Terrell Wells, with writing assistance by Abigail Cannon. I'm Vanessa Richardson.